are listening to New Life Before. We pray that this message encourages you and helps you stay Jesus-focused. And right now, today, you are in the New Covenant. Anybody in the New Covenant? With better promises. Now, uh, have you had anybody uh, make a promise to you? Meron, di ba? I promise I will love you forever. Whatever, okay? Now, have you experienced people failing in their promises? Okay. Now, because they're people, imperfect. Okay, who among you have made a promise and you've failed? Sadly, okay. No condemnation. But there's one person I know that will never fail. That would be Jesus Christ. And because the stipulations of His promise or the covenant is based on what He says, He will not fail. So it's good for us to know what are these promises, what these promises are because it's for your benefit. Turn to somebody and say, for your benefit. And one of the things that we absolutely have to know if we want to experience all these promises is to absolutely know that in Christ you have been made righteous. The Bible says time and again, something that we went to last week, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. If you are righteous and you believe it, wave at me. There you go. Bakit lahat ng wave? Wala bang wave na ganun? I'm just curious. Okay? <laughs> Unless we get a revelation of this, that we are righteous, and that we receive the fact that we have been made righteous through Christ, we will remain, even if you're already a believer, even if you're already born again, if you don't understand that you're righteous, you will remain in that cycle of frustration. Because you think it is by doing things that you will please God. But God is already pleased with you because Jesus is always pleasing to God. Right? So who among you definitely know that God is pleased with you? Amen. Now, is that true whether you feel it or not? Yes. Sometimes we don't feel righteous. But it doesn't matter because you are still righteous in God's sight. What, what happens in that cycle of frustration is that, you know, because you keep sinning, you keep making a mistake, and it frustrates you because you think, if I'm good, if I'm this, you, you do all the, the you know, uh, across all the T's and uh, dot all the I's, everything. You think it, by doing that, it's one way for us to get to heaven or whatever. But right now, and, and that is frustrating because it's a cycle. But I have news for you because God, Jesus Christ, has taken care of the sin problem. Right? Uh, that's good news. Maybe somebody want to rejoice in that, but it's okay. Okay? What are the things that have been taken care of? Number one, God took care of the, of the punishment for sin. Right now, if you're thinking, I did something wrong and I'm, I'm looking, some people are kind of, uh, you know, they, they're, they're more aware of the punishment that's coming because they know they did something wrong. In Christ, there's no more punishment of the sin. God took care of the punishment of sin. And right now, if you are continually being renewed in your mind about the things of God, about how righteous you are, the power of sin as well uh, does not have an effect on you. Or it's losing its grip on you. Okay? The only power that Satan has or the only power that sin has is the power that you allow it to have over you. But in truth, Jesus took care of it. Did Jesus die? 
Did Jesus shed His blood? Are you covered? Yes. So today, right now, the fact of the matter is in the Spirit, uh, sin ought not to have any power over you. But sometimes we think so, and people allow it. That's why it happens. And in the end, so punishment of sin, the power of sin is taken care of. Eventually, all creation itself will experience the, the removal of the presence of sin. And we're looking, the creation itself is looking forward uh, to be free of the corruption because of sin. So today, right now, in truth, okay, whether it's immediate, because we've, we've heard testimonies and we've seen, we've talked to people uh, that, you know, one, you know, one day they were addicts or whatever. The next day, because of the grace of God, it's gone. Now, uh, we rejoice in that, but also uh, not everybody experienced the immediate, right? There are some people that's going through a process, and regardless whether it's through a process or immediate, it's still the power of God and the grace of God that's doing it. It is not, it is not less miraculous. But whether it's a process or immediate, okay, we have been given the authority and the power, say authority, and the power over sin and not be dominated by sin. The Bible says, sin will not have dominion over you. Woo, that's good news. So you wake up in the morning reminding yourself, you know what, sin today will not have dominion over me because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And uh, when you have authority, when you have power, it simply means you're reigning. The Bible says you are priests and you are kings. You are, uh, Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords and the king of. So who are these? These lords and these kings, that's you. Turn to somebody and tell them, Your Majesty. Right? Okay, lang. Okay, we still love you. Right? Um, but it's hard to function. You, you don't know you can reign if you don't know you can function in it. Okay, if you're ignorant of the fact that I, I can do that, pala. Right? Maybe someone here, just maybe a hypothetical or just theoretical. Maybe somebody here, you don't know that there's a brand new car waiting for you in the parking lot. Ito yung susi. Okay? But if you don't know that, you're going to go home and line up with the jeeps and all of that, and you're going to be irritated, and may mga tao nagkakat sa'yo, and nakakalimutan mo maging Christian ka, hindi ikaw yung tao sa labas. Okay? But you don't know that there's a car waiting for you with a driver and a stretch limo. And it's, it's, uh, there's a limo stretched for you and you're going outside and being stressed, not stretched. But uh, what I'm saying is this, if you don't know what you have, you, you're not going to enjoy it. Right? You're not going to enjoy it. And if we ought to be reigning in life, there are three ingredients. And this is just a review. Okay? Uh, a news flash or disclaimer. I'm not going to say anything new in a sense that, you know, it's a brand new revelation. It's new today, it's fresh, and it will remind us who we are. Do you know the world is constantly bombarding, bombarding us about how imperfect we are? You, you watch a TV, TV or you look at the magazine and there are people there that look better than you or whatever. There's always something missing about you. You're not as rich, you're not as successful. The world constantly reminds us that there's something wrong with us. That's why here in church, we are adamant in reminding you how right you are in Christ. Because in the end, that's what matters. Okay? 
Three ingredients. How, what are the ingredients for reigning? Not just three, okay? Ingredients in reigning in life. Number one, receive abundance of grace. Anybody receive abundance of grace? Okay? It's all by the grace of God. You are where you are. You are who you are by the grace of God. So you receive abundance of grace. It's nothing. Uh, you didn't do anything. It's not by merit. It's not by effort. It's grace. Somebody say grace. Number two, receive abundance of grace. Receive gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. And then the result is that, okay, another thing that you need to do is believe it. Okay, if, I, if, if uh, um, somebody comes up to you, let's say, uh, name one of the richest guys in the world. Not me. Let's say Gino. Okay? Gino over there. Okay? siya kasi hindi niya. mayaman siya. In Christ. Okay? Now, what I'm saying is if somebody comes up to you and says that, you know, I'm willing to give you, come back next week here in church and I'm going to give you uh, 5 million pesos to, uh, just to add to your brand new house. And you can say, oh, okay, whatever. But if you don't know the person, it's hard to trust them. But if it's somebody that you know, and you can tr- and they're trustworthy, and you know they're capable, do you think you'll believe them? But it is important that you believe them, because even if they're able to and they have the capacity for it, even if you don't, even if they can, but if you don't believe it, you won't receive it, right? So you have abundance of grace, you have the gift of righteousness, you have to believe it so you can function in it. And in believe me, it's if you believe it it's inevitable that you'll begin to function in it. I have before me people that reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. There's something about righteousness. Why is it so important? Do you know that if a person being born again, if they don't know they're righteous, and maybe this is, I'm not, I'm not just talking about me. I believe there are more people here who've experienced that they've been, you know, they believe God, they receive Jesus Christ, but they didn't understand what it means to be righteous. They think it's something that they need to do. Before, I would read the Bible, and every time I see the righteous will receive this. It's all good. And I would feel bad because I would think, I'm thinking, um, I'm, I'm not yet there. Eventually, Lord, pinapramis ko kay Lord. Lord, darating din ako dyan. I didn't know that I received it the moment I received Jesus Christ. And people get frustrated because they're trying and trying so hard to be righteous. In the end, uh, they're equating righteous acts from the, uh, from the being righteous. What God imparted in you, imputed in you, is the essence of righteousness. Being righteous. Right now, you are righteous. That is your identity. Okay? So, that's why you can, again and again, the scripture is encouraging us. Seek thee first. What? The kingdom of God and... So you can't separate the two. It didn't say, number one, the kingdom of God. Number two, righteous. No, it's, it's one thing. The kingdom of God and His. You know, it's, uh, it's almost like a, you know, time and again you'd see kingdom or a king equating to righteousness. Right away, they're like together. I'll, I'll, I'll show you something. If I can find it. Or maybe you can just look for it. Because I thought it, it was here. No, maybe we'll discover it as we go along. But again and again, kingdom and then righteousness, they go together. Okay? 
Now, a lot of people in the world, not here in this place, a lot of people in the world, they, they got it backwards. They think because the, the entire sentence or the entire um, verse would say, Seek thee first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And what's happening is that people are adding these things to themselves, feeling, thinking that in the end, I, you know, I can be righteous, I can be good, I can do all of that, I can chill. Okay? It's still in reverse. A lot of people, they're, they're thinking about the adding things, the stuff that people want, the fame, the power. You know, uh, just an example, uh, this morning before service, or was it yesterday? Anyway, uh, either yesterday or today, I was uh, looking at the news and I was reading some articles and uh, there's this guy who is now today a bona fide billionaire. Okay? He uh, made a game, just a video game, okay, game on the computer, uh, called Minecraft. Anybody familiar with Minecraft? Minecraft? Okay. Anybody played Minecraft? Hopefully not right now, no? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? This guy created that game, and it became popular, became you know, famous, and a lot of people were playing it. And then he decided to sell it to Microsoft for $2.5 billion. Can you imagine making a game, okay, and then being able to sell it for $2.5 billion? Now, if I ask you, who among you has, uh, if you were given $2.5 billion, you have something to use it for? Anybody, can you think of something to use for two? Anybody can think right now? Raise your hand if you have something to use. Two, two point. Parang, yan, tig, one peso ba? <laughs> one, two. But I'm sure you have, you, have, you have use for it. And I'm hoping that you know, the church or the kingdom of God is involved in what you're believing. It's not just all about Right? We know that now it's not just all about me. <laughs> 2.5, all mine. No, I mean, listen to this guy. This guy maybe had no idea of, you know, uh, of maybe he was just focused on what he wants. I, I want it all. I want, I want my house. I want all these things. Maybe he was focused on that. That's why he tweeted these things just recently. Okay? Imagine he had $2.5 billion. He said this, The problem with getting everything is you run out of reasons to keep trying. Very interesting. And human interaction becomes impossible due to imbalance. Now, he may be talking about imbalance between I got so much and you have nothing and maybe I don't know if you really want to be friends with me because of the stuff that I want. There's an imbalance. Or maybe the imbalance is in himself. Right? Can you imagine this guy? I I ran out of... I ran out of... um, the desire to live because there's no purpose. I thought th- that's what he's saying in a sense. He ran out, you know, but he, he, he the, uh, ran out of reasons to keep trying. And then he tweeted right after that, okay? His first tweet. He said, he's hanging out in Ibiza. If you don't know where Ibiza is, uh, I'll show you a picture of me uh, with a selfie when I'm there. Okay? No, it's a, it's an island in Spain. It's a party place. You know, a lot of people, famous people go there. Hang out, hanging out in Ibiza with a bunch of friends and partying with famous people. Able to do whatever I want. And I've never felt more isolated. 
what is going on? And a lot of people think, even, you know, uh, some people probably here, we forget sometimes, now, if I get this, if I get this, I'll be fine. And then when you get there, you're thinking, maybe, maybe if I get a little bit more, I'll be fine. And then it just gets bigger and bigger. Because uh, the hunger of the flesh is not satisfied. But people have been saying again and again, when they have everything, and they think everything that they want, but not have peace, they still as if have nothing. Because they got it, they got it backwards. But why is it the scripture keeps saying to us to pursue, to seek after righteousness? Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness, you pursue righteousness and unfailing love will find life. So you're not pursuing life, you're pursuing righteousness and love. Where do you find righteousness and unfailing love? In God. Okay? Uh, in the New Testament, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse uh, 11. But you... Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness. You cannot run from something. Of course, you're running towards something. Okay? So this guy, Timothy, is being instructed to run from it, but run towards righteousness. Pursue righteousness and what? Godly life. There's righteousness and godly, godly life. We'll, we'll look more into that in a bit. Godly life. Because godly life is something people can see. People can't walk or people can't sense that you're righteous inside. You know, it's not something, mm, I'm, I'm releasing my righteousness to you. Mm, mm, that's just weird. Okay? But a godly life is something that people can see. A healthy person is something that people can see. A, a prosperous person is something people can see. So there's a righteousness, which is essence, and godly life, which is expression. Okay? Along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness, and it goes on. But it keeps saying, pursue, seek first. Okay? In fact, talking about seeking first, the word righteousness in the amplified version of uh, Matthew 6.33, it would say, uh, when it says righteousness, under that it would say, his way of doing and being right. Let's just pause a bit. There, there's a being part and there's a doing part. You cannot have the doing part without the being part. Otherwise, you'll get frustrated again. The doing is a fruit of being. Okay? The fruit of, of being, lalabas naturally, you'll be able to do. You're empowered to do. And you're not frustrated. So we will look at that. We will look at the part of doing. Okay? What does it mean? But that's why I'm talking to you about being because I'm reminding you that's who you are right now. Okay? Now, interesting, uh, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Gabe uh, talked about the word seeking. And uh, the word seek, you will see it twice. First, uh, first uh, in the verse before this, 32, it would say, can you go there? Verse 32 of uh, this one. It would say that people, men, seek after these things. For the Gentiles, the heathen, wish for and crave and diligently seek. Somebody say seek. And then we see in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. Two English words that are the same. But if you look at the Greek, they're, very, they're different words. They're similar, but they're different words. Because the first word, I don't know if it matters to you, but it's, it's simply different when you see it, that the 
the way the world is seeking is, the, is different from the way we're seeking righteousness. It's not the same kind of seeking. When the world says to see, when the world is seeking, they, it really means to clamor for, or to strive for, or, or to crave for something that you're so hungry, you're clawing after these things. There's a striving towards it. Nagpapakahirap ka to get it because maybe if I get it, I'd feel better. That is the kind of seeking the world is doing for all these things. But when we're seeking righteousness, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, it has a relational dimension to it. It is not clamoring for something that's just whatever. It is groundless clamoring. But when you're seeking righteousness and the kingdom of God and His righteousness, there's something a little bit more. It means, it actually means to pursue in order to find out by meditating. Interesting. It is to pursue in order to find out by meditating. You're praying. You're, you're communicating with God. I'm pursuing. I'm pursuing to find. What are you finding out? You're finding out what you already have. They're trying to pursue so that they can gain. You're finding out. You're seeking what you already have. You're inquiring the Father. Father, what else do have you given me? Because if he tells you everything in one go, you probably won't believe it because it's so awesome. Tell somebody, it's so awesome. Turn to another person and say, Grave. Okay? To <laughs> pursue in order to find out by meditating and then inquiring or seeking from someone. See, now there's a relational dimension to it because you're not just looking at whatever, whoever but a particular someone. And I would suggest that would be God. So now, the being is important. But also the doing out of the being is important. Let's look at Scripture here. And we've been looking at Scripture really. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Very interesting verse. At first glance, you'd go, it's one of the verses you'd go, uh, it's kind of condemning, I'll pass that. Okay, but let's just look at it and see what Paul is really saying. He's talking to a group of people in Corinth, and he's saying, Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Turn to somebody and say, I speak this to encourage you. <laughs> Awake to righteousness and do not sin. I like the order, because a lot of people, they're trying not to sin so that they can feel righteous. But the, the, the scripture is reminding us, first, you need to be awake, alert to the fact, alive to the fact you are righteous. When you realize you are righteous, what's the result? You will not sin. Not backwards again. Okay? But there are some things here. It says, uh, and some do not have the knowledge of God. Are you talking to Christians? And I speak this to your shame. It's not quite encouraging when you go, let's have a, a life group. Let's get together so that I can speak certain things to your shame. Parang, parang, parang I don't want to join your group. Okay, what's, what's your ministry? A ministry of condemnation. Okay? Let's look at the Greek words, okay? Because the Greek words would actually help us give enlightenment to what Paul is really saying. When we say awake, sometimes, you know, obviously we're thinking somebody's sleeping and wake up, right? Do you know, uh, some, it's harder to wake up somebody who's actually awake. And just pretending to sleep. Mm, mm. It's really hard. Okay? I pray that there are no, 
there are no Christians here that are pretending to be asleep. I'm not talking about uh, sleeping. Okay. Turn to somebody and say, wake up. Wake up. Hoy! <laughs> the word awake in the, in the Greek word is eknepho. Eknepho. It really means, this is what it means in the Greek, to be sober-minded. Okay? Ano yung being sober? Grabe. Sober. Grabe. Over naman. Hindi po yun. Okay? <laughs> sober-minded. Okay? When somebody is drunk and when they become sober, you know, they're you know, in their right mind. Come to your senses. Completely come out of it. Out of stupor of spiritual delusion. That's what it means. Or snap out of intoxicating influence of sin. Do you know, uh, sin, that's why it's addictive because it's kind of intoxicating. There's a, an allure to sin. There's a, a bit of a pleasure to sin. But they, sin won't let you know that towards the, if you just continue, you're going to die. Because sin leads to... And so it's calling us, it's waking us up, stop that. It's not going to be good for you if you continue in that. Be keenly aware or alert to the truth so that you can be responsibly aware. That's waking up. Be sober-minded. It's like that, uh, remember the prodigal son uh, hanging out with the pigs. Okay, I heard somebody say before, Yuck, so baboy naman the pigs. I Okay, baboy naman talaga yung pigs eh. Right? And so, this guy was in there and suddenly the Bible says, he came to his senses. He came to himself. And he said, wait a minute, why am I hanging out with this with a swine where my in my father's house there's servants there's food there's everything he came to his sense he woke up to the fact that i shouldn't be here okay the next word is actually the word righteousness awake to righteousness but interestingly enough this word righteousness is different from the word righteousness when it says you are the righteousness or we are the righteousness of god in christ because the word righteousness in the other one, in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5.21, where we mentioned a while ago, that kind of righteousness is more of an identity thing. It's a being thing. Okay? The state of who you really are. Okay? That's a state of being. That is essence. But in this righteousness, the word righteousness here, daikaios, it means to be proper or properly, to be upright. It means according to and agreeable to the standard of God and the law of integrity. It has something to do with what people can see. In other words, you have the being part and this is the doing part. This is the good works. This is the doing good. One commentary said it means uh, to rouse to the ways of righteousness, to a holy life, to sound doctrine. It may mean as it is right and just that you should do. So if you understand and you have a revelation that you are really righteous, it becomes simple. It, it's simpler now to function according to your nature by doing righteous acts, righteous deeds. It is the natural byproduct, byproduct of having the revelation that you are righteous. That's why in this place, Opportunity upon opportunity is given to pe- for people to just step out. You know, we have opportunities here. We, you know, there, there are certain things that you can get into so that you can grow and you can practice this one. 
Not only here, but I pray more importantly outside where people need it. Another thing here that we need to look at is the word knowledge. So we looked at the word awake, which means to come to your senses. We looked at the word uh, righteous, which means to be upright or to lead a holy life, a godly life, doing good. Number three is the word knowledge. Knowledge is the word agnosia in Greek, where you get the word agnostic. Okay? It simply means, it's, it means ignorance. And it says specifically, willful ignorance. Ano ibig sabi ng willful ignorance? I don't want to know. I don't want to find out kasi if I find out, I might be responsible for what I know. In other words, I don't want to know the things that I have in Christ because I may need to, you know, I may need to share to somebody. I may need to do these things. I may need to volunteer. I don't want to, I don't want to know kasi baka people will ask me to do stuff. Just look at here don't look at somebody. Don't. Okay? So it's willful ignorance. Can you believe that? Willful. They don't know God. It's willful ignorance. The last word is actually, I don't know if you're familiar with the word, uh, the word shame. Now we're looking at the word shame. Okay? The word shame has a connection with, at least the way we know it, to condemnation. Hala. We like to say that to kids. We're teaching kids condemnation. Hala. Okay? Uh, oddly enough, when we went to Israel, uh, we, we went to museums and there are some manuscripts there and they said the, the, the interpretation of the law, something like that. Okay? I, I forgot the exact words, but something about the law, the word that they use for, for the law and for the things that people need to do is the word halaka. Very, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. When you get there, I'll show you the manuscript. It would say halaka. That's why halaka. That's the law. Okay? But the shame here is a bit different. Okay? The word shame here is different. It simply means to arouse you. It's still associated with, with shame, but it's not shame before God. It is more shame towards horizontal relationships. Okay? Um, it is more turning inward or selfward. You are now going back to being self-sufficient. That's what's happening. Shame. You're going back to yourself. Do you know the word here in Greek is the word entropy? Anybody familiar with the word entropy? It is a, a science word. Allergic ako yun. Science. Matayo balahibo ko. No, it's a, it's a law of thermodynamics. Okay? It is one of the law in the universe, physics. Entropy simply means everything is going to corruption. Everything is declining towards uh, uh, decay. Okay? Lack of order, gradual decline towards corruption and decay. So if you are shamed, you're actually looking towards yourself and going back and declining towards corruption and decay. Now, let us read this scripture, adding all those things that we said. It kind of length, it's kind of lengthy, but I, I pray it's going to help you see what it's trying to say. Let's read it. it. This is our version for today. Okay? Awake, come to your senses, come out of your stupor and intoxication from sin by being responsively aware and alert to the truth. That's just the word awake. 
towards righteousness, knowing uh, you are approved by God and aroused to the ways of righteousness by doing good. And do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge, even willfully ignorant of God. I speak this to your shame, because you have turned towards self-reliance and effort once again, which leads only to disorder and gradual decline towards corruption and decay. So Paul is really saying, it's more of a warning, don't do this. Because if you do this, you're going back to works, and you know works does not work. That's what he's saying. And let your, Jesus said, let your light shine. Why would you keep it? You know, if you have a light, you don't hide it under a bushel, Jesus was saying. So now, turn to somebody again and say, awake. Say, wake up. Say, hoy. Gise. Who among you have alarm clocks at home? Okay. Do you 100% follow it? You wake up and you go, snooze. I pray that we don't snooze righteousness. I don't, like sister, you hear messages, we say, hey, we have this activity, you have this, there's something, I want to, why, what if it's the leading of the Holy Spirit? What if? Maybe it's not, but what if? You know, it's not a sin to sign up. In fact, a lot of people like to sign up. Hopefully, one of these days, they'll actually show up. We're believing that. Okay? We have tons of people that sign up, but not a lot of them show up. But the intention is there. Because they're, think- they're rehearsing, my name is written in the book of life. And this is uh, just practicing. Praise God. Now, let's think about this. What if, what will happen to a person who actually wakes up to the fact that by the grace of God, he has been made righteous in Christ. What, what will happen? Okay? It's like, I'd relate it to the, 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 what the prophet was saying. It's like fire in my bones. I, if, if there's fire in your bones, you can't have, there's something that I need to do. I just, I just need to step out. I just need to, I need to, if it's so good, you need to share it with somebody. I mean, we do that in natural things. It's a good restaurant. You know, put that I don't and set up don't. Did they pay you? Of course not. It's just so good. Some, you watch a good movie and you say, Ang galing-galing, guwapo-guwapo niya, no? Mga interviews, di ba? Okay? Are they endorsing it? Were they paid to do that? No, it's just something that they enjoyed so much. It's a natural byproduct of what they enjoyed. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How good is it? How, how much better is God compared to the best restaurant in the world? How good is the story of Jesus Christ compared to the junk that people see in movies? How good is this story? And this story, the movies won't affect you. People are earning money. You're not earning with them. You paid them. But if you watch closely the story of Christ, you will see yourself. Because this story is about victory. This victory is for you. Amen? Let's read this scripture because I believe what will happen is you become a world changer. You cannot help yourself, but I'm not talking about maybe not the whole world right away, but all of us together will make a difference. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 22 to 23, in the New Living Translation, it would say this. Yet now He has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, He has brought you into His own presence and you are holy 
and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. That's good news. You are what? Holy and blameless. That is who you are right now if you're in Christ. You are holy and blameless. I don't feel holy. I don't feel blameless. It doesn't matter what you feel. It's what God says. Sometimes we have this wrong notion of uh, a distorted notion of humility. And humility, it is actually pride pretending to be humility. Because if God says you're holy and you say, Lord, I'm not, like Peter, okay? Uh, the, the Lord is saying, you are holy, you are blameless, you are righteous already. And you're saying, Lord, I'm not, I'm not. No, I'm just, I'll just stay here. So you're denying the Creator. You're telling God, you're a liar, Lord. I'm a, you're a liar. You're saying it humbly, but it's not true, Lord. You're, you're not saying the truth. It, sound, it, looks, it looks humble, right? I know I look abnormal, abnormal at that point, but I always do that. Okay? But see, we don't know that, but it's actually more, it's actually humbling to receive. It takes, hum- I'll say this again, it takes humility to receive the glory that God's trying to present to you. It takes humility to receive righteousness. It takes humility to agree to the fact that he said, I'm holy. So it's, you know, when we declare, I am holy. You, it's not your idea. You're not trying to, uh, 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 what do you call, uh, when they make saints? Canon- you're not trying to canonize yourself. Okay? You are a saint even before anybody says it. Look at the Bible. They call you saints. Look at the person beside you. Mukhabang santo. Just say yes. Just say yes. Okay? So you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Well, let's not do a spiritual cha-cha. Right? No. Stand firmly in it. Don't drift away. From the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Don't drift away. Okay? Because there's something that God has for you. Listen to this. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Okay? This is, this is what he started in you. And I am convinced, in the Amplified Version, I am convinced and sure of this very thing. That he who began, who, who began it? Good answer is Jesus. Who began it? Wow, alam nyo, huh? You're so good. He who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's continue. Right up to the time of His return, developing that good work, so He's developing it, and perfecting it, bringing it to full completion. What is He developing that good work? The Bible says there's good works prepared for us to do. What is this good work? In, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider and give attentive, uh, continuous care to watching over one another. So, in this scripture, you can't live an isolated life as a Christian. You will need somebody. You will always need somebody to help you, encourage you, even correct you, train you, mentor you. We always need people. Okay? And then, let's continue. Studying how we may stir up and simulate and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. Maybe what I'm doing here is just stirring you up. 
I'm stirring you up so that these things come out to stimulate and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. Not, for, not forsaking the, or, or neglecting to assemble together as believers as the habit of some people. Say, not here. Uh, I remember pastor one time, they were talking about the, the parable of the vine and the vine dresser. There are three characters that are there. The vine, the vine dresser, and then the branch. Okay, those are important. What's the instruction? Abide in me as I abide in you. So abiding, abiding is the instruction. What is the purpose? So that you can bear fruit, bear more fruit, and bear much fruit. It's, God is not just satisfied and He doesn't want you to be satisfied in just bearing fruit. Oh, I bore fruit. Yeah, yeah, okay, now dito Lord. He said, no, 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 no. Let's move forward. Bear more fruit. Yay, more fruit na. Okay na to, Lord. Katapos na ako dun sa second. Level two na to. Okay na. No, I said, no, no, no. There's more. Bear much fruit. Do you know in God, there's always more. Much more. Let us not, let us not just get satisfied where we are. And I'm not just talking about, you know, just, you know, being greedy. It's not that. It's holy desire for more because God wants you more. God wants more for you. Amen? So, Today, what, what I want to do as we end here, well, tayo, praise God. Kasi darating na si Jesus eh. Hindi niya sinabi sa inyo? Hindi nag-text. Wala akong load, Lord. Sabi mo, you'll give me daily loads of benefits. Um, I, I want to give a charge to three different people. First, I want to give a charge to those that you know you're righteous, and you know something stirred up in you and, and you, you stepped out. You, you're participating. You are now actively uh, working in the kingdom of God. And, it, and it's good. And, and, and uh, you know, you're, you're, bearing, you're bearing fruit. You're bearing more fruit. But my encouragement to you is don't draw back. Don't shrink back. The Bible says don't shrink back. Don't hold. It's not time to quit right now. Because there's great need outside. But there's great benefit coming to you as well. But let's not, you know, the blessing is sure. But now we have, we have learned to see past, past beyond the blessing and see the need. The, the need is great. Okay? I'm, I'm in, encouraging you, if this is you, if you see yourself in this category, don't shrink back. Okay? Um, in Proverbs 28 verse 1, there's something, uh, I, I got this from Gabe. I said, that's good. Because if you know something has been made available for you, you're not going to allow anybody to steal that from you. And if you know it's yours, if you know it's yours, it's been given to you, will you allow, will you allow a thief to go inside your house and just collect whatever they want? Something will rise up in you. I remember when I was a kid, uh, uh, in the middle of the night, there was a, uh, my mom woke me up, okay? And the maids were, we were on the second floor of the house. And the, the, one of our maids uh, she was going to the bathroom and discovered there's a head popping in using a jack to go inside the bathroom. They were going to, I don't know what they were going to do. So she's, she freaks out and she starts screaming, goes up, and everyone's hiding on the second floor. And then mom, my mom wakes me up. I was about 9, 10 years old. She goes, Alvin, wag kang maingay. May magnanakaw. She tells me this. She was whispering, don't, don't, don't be noisy. There's a thief in the house. There's, there's a rob- Somebody's coming inside the house. Wait here. 
Be quiet. She goes out the window, opens it, and goes, Magnanakaw! Now, the reason why that is marked in my head is I have no idea why she tells me, be quiet, and she's not quiet. Top of her voice, no kidding. You know, she opens the window, she goes, Magnanakaw! And it's like everybody, you can see lights popping out like that, and the, the guy didn't come because there's some, something rose up in her that says, Nobody's going to take my stuff. Nobody's going to hurt my family. The Bible says, okay, we, um, the wicked flee when no one pursues. What do you call somebody who is running and nobody's pursuing them? If they're just running around scared, they're kind of, you know, if you see somebody in the mall walking, running around, ah! that's call the guards. <laughs> but what is it? Isn't it? Equivalent to uh, running from shadows. The Bible says, you know, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, it's not going to touch me. Have you ever been bitten by a shadow of a dog? Magpa-tetanushat kayo kasi kinagat kayo ng shadow. Pero walang masyadong effect. Okay? Right? But the next verse would say, but the righteous are as bold as a Somebody say roar. Wow. Couldn't be sing. Okay? Um, because there's something about, you know, your boldness. It's not even, I, I, you know, I would think sometimes it's even almost supernatural that, you know what, you'll rise up. Doesn't matter your size. It's just that uh, I remember uh, there's somebody, we were working at this theater company, and uh, uh, one of our employees uh, she, would, she would ride uh, an FX going home. And there are, in some FXs, there would be people that would steal things. Okay? And so she was, she's a small lady. And she was there and she didn't know that somebody stole her wallet. Okay? And then when the, when the guy got down, the, the lady across her told, yung, ano, yung mama, ninakawan ka, somebody stole your wallet. And she goes, what? So she goes down and then runs after the guy who's bigger than her and says, Hoy! Balik mong wallet ko! The guy was so scared, he gave it back. Seriously. Why is that? You know, some people would go, Wala na yung wallet ko. You're gonna cry, whatever. Something rose up in her and say, Hoy! Gising! <laughs> Give me back my wallet! What was that? That was like a lion inside of her. You know, if you're a lion, uh, somebody made this joke before. Uh, Somebody asked me, uh, uh, what is the most carefree and uh, worry-free animal in the world? And I go, ano? Lion. Later on, when you go home, it'll become a revelation and you will laugh. You go, ah, ha, 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 nuggets. Okay? So now it's encouraging us. Let us not get weary. Galatians chapter 6. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired. It's not time to quit. Get refreshed. God will strengthen you. The joy of the Lord will strengthen you. There are people. It is amazing. I'm just, I'm just commending our workers. There are some workers here. I swear to you, they probably eat uh, uh, Red Bull or something throughout the day because they're here Every single service, they, they, they live inside the cinema. 
you know, or the children's church. They're just here. Are they paid staff? No. They just want to do it. Not because they have nothing else better to do. I'm sure they can, they can rest. They're working also. But these guys are amazing. You, I, I commend you guys, our workers. Can you give a hand to our workers, our volunteers? So when you're coming in and they're greeting you, smile back. It's okay. Okay? It's free to smile. Okay? And just thank them. Tell them, I love you. And though I'm running. <laughs> Don't do that. So, how many times would the scripture say, or the, Jesus would say, give your life, give it away, you'll receive it back. Okay? I will encourage both, maybe even all of you, but the, really the workers or the volunteers, or not just the volunteers, but if you, you're righteous, you know who you are in Christ, and you're maybe outside, you ha- may have a ministry, there's something that's good, you are actively participating in the things of God, I have an encouragement to you. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 to 4 in the Message Bible. This is for all of us. Hallelujah. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Not just one tent. For your tents. Make your tents large. It's it's time to move to a bigger home. Maybe to somebody. Let's not settle for small things. Spread out. Think big. Think big. Lord, I'm just believing for this. No, think bigger. Lord, I'm just believing. Okay, when I get this, Lord, okay na ako. No, 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 no. It's not okay to God. Because He has something far bigger than that for you. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. My charge you, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. I pray when when you make a decision in faith, instructed by God, you're going to go, I'm going to go all in. It may not look like I have anything left, but I'm not. This is not the time that I'm going to hold back because I know God's going to take care of me. He said, I'm not going to be short. Oh, Lord. There's something for all of you. Okay? Um. Next, I want to I wanna encourage those who are, you're aware that you're righteous. Just look here, okay? You're aware that you're righteous, and you, you, know, you know that sense of maybe I should, sometimes you have that sense, maybe I should do more, maybe I should step out, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying. You're, you're enjoying Christ, you, you've experienced His goodness, but I believe it's, it's time to step out of the pew, you know, in a sense. To get out of just, it's good to hear. We're thankful that you're coming and you're receiving and you're excited and you're, uh, but it's time to apply it in this world. There are people that need it. Okay, um, I, I was looking at this uh, scripture and it's, I, I believe it's really just good. Go to Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse thirteen to fourteen in the Message Bible, and this is my encouragement for those of you. Maybe you don't even know you're righteous. Maybe. Maybe you've received Jesus, but you don't know what it means to be righteous. Let me open the doors for you so that you can see who you are in Christ. And you're not going to be in that circular uh, or cycle of frustration. This is what it's saying to us. Let us go outside where Jesus is, where the action is. 
Not trying to be privileged insiders, but taking our share in the abuse, meaning the things that Jesus Christ did. Of course, not His sufferings. Okay? This inside world is not our home. You know, this is where we receive. This is a sanctuary. We receive the world. But we don't live the world here. Right? We're, that's why we encourage you, experience what you're hearing. Because it matters, not just on a Sunday. On a Monday, all the way to Saturday, and you come back here, get recharged again. It matters to see the goodness of God outside. People need to see you, uh, people need to see you uh, getting blessed. They need to see that. Because then they'll begin to question, what is it that you have? Why do you have that smile on your face? Why are you not shaken with all these things? We have our eyes peeled for the city about to come. But I like the part, you know, let's go outside where Jesus is, where the action is. The revelation of the gospel, the goodness of Christ, there's a movement from personal, yes, you enjoy it personally, and then it begins to reach out to communal, meaning you're, you need to share it with other believers. The Bible would say household of faith. And then eventually it needs to go out and become evangelical, meaning you're, you're now sharing it with people who are lost. There's always a movement. If you are in Christ, if you are righteous, revelation, by, uh, uh, Pastor Giselle would always say, revelation has feet because it will always move you. We cannot just remain, you know, oh, I'm, I'm good, I'm Christian, I'm experiencing all these things, and that's fine, but I believe there's more. Turn to somebody and say, there is more. Hallelujah. Lastly, I want to say this. I just want to encourage those people. Maybe you've never, maybe you're hearing this message and you're saying, you mean there's, there's a way to be righteous without all these things? You don't have to be trying so hard. You don't have to. Righteousness is a free gift. If you are in this place, if you've never given your life to Christ, I don't know what circumstances you have in your life. I don't know what's going on. But this righteousness is real. I'm going to ask everyone to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a bit. If this is you, you're here and you're listening to this message. I believe the Spirit of God is just moving in your hearts. The very reason why Jesus Christ gave His life for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. He was broken bodily. He was wounded and his blood was flowing. All of that just as payment for all the wrong things that we have done or we will ever do. Know without a shadow of doubt that you've already been forgiven. You don't have to try hard. If this is you, you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to Slowly raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want, I want Jesus in my life. If you've never given your life to Christ, I'd like to see your hand lifted up. There you go. I see some hands lifted up. There you go. Maybe at the back, some people. Maybe uh, in the fourth floor, I see some hands being lifted up. Praise God. This is your day. And if you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. Pray it from your heart. In fact, I'm going to encourage everyone to just add their supply and pray with you. If you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me right now. Say this. God, I thank you for Jesus Christ that you sent him to die for me. 
He was broken on the cross so that I can be made whole. You've picked up all the broken pieces of my life and made a brand new me in Jesus Christ. I am forgiven. I am set apart. I am holy. I am righteous in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord God, for this brand new life I have in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit our website at newlifebefore.com.